What's going on, everyone? My name is Aaron Davis, and this is Cultivating Truth, where faith and culture collide. In this episode, we are going to be breaking down Francis Schaeffer's The Age of Fragmentation from his documentary series, How Should We Then Live? In this series, Schaefer goes through different periods of time, and specifically with this one, goes through the contemporary art movement with progressive artists such as John Cage, Pablo Picasso. He describes people like John Cage as just sheer noise as they take what is known as something beautiful that can be found in music and just have clashing sounds that have no rhythm, no melody, no harmony, no restoration. Now, in our video discussion, I'm going to be sitting down with my friends D'Angelo Hicks and Josh Weber, and we're going to be comparing people like the Beatles from the White Album and modern rap artists and comparing it to Schaefer's thought of the Asian fragmentation and how this directly affects how we view culture and worldview in 2023. The opposite of unity is absurdity. Mm -hmm. And if it's not unified, it eventually just it just unravels. I love that Schaefer brings up the point, and he you know you see the girl she's sitting there topless. Yeah. That's yeah. the only way you're going to get people to sit there. It has to be he's a spectacular, crazy, eventful, you know. Which you see that is what celebrities do now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's if you want to be a big name musician or whatever, you got to do something outrageous. Lady Gaga, when we were all in high school, she made her name. The girl could sing. Make no mistake. Like girl yeah, has talent. Very very talented. But we didn't discover her because of her talent. That was not first. The first was the look, the abstract, her coming in the meat suit or an egg. And it, had, it had to be absurd. Mm -hmm. But I, I love his point on like, we can only take absurdity for so long. Yeah. Yeah. And then we it, eventually it's going to push back. Like we're not going to just sit there. Which I think man longs for unity. It longs for talent. It longs for beauty. But it's just what does what does that look like? Mm. Well, first of all, I was sitting here thinking, I'm, and this is not anything profound, but people really chose to listen to this. Yeah. <laughs> what in the world? No, I, I couldn't find myself ever doing that. But noticing how the the chaos of it eventually led to, as you were just talking about, that absurdity and it needed distraction. And I think about, as you just referred to, modern artists and just things in our world today, culture in every single way, when there's no order to it, at some point or another, distraction is necessary and we're blinded by distraction and we just continue to function in that way. Mm -hmm. I found that interesting. I thought too, jumping off that, Schaefer said, and this is still true, because you can't, you can't perform really high quality art Mm -hmm. In the midst of that kind of case, you can't do a ballet to that mm -hmm. kind of music, for instance. You can't do the best kind of dance to that. But if you combine, you know, someone who's played the violin their entire life and you get 30 of them and you get a cellist and all this, then you have such a quality that you can then, you know, do ballet too. Right? Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. The peak of, of individual art coming together. And you can't do that in the midst of pure chaos mm -hmm. because this link was he, what he was alluding to. The human nature was designed for resolution. Mm -hmm. The human nature was designed to be restored, to be in unity with God and with creation. And we've lost that, and so we're expressing that through, I mean, chaos. Yeah. Okay, it's 2023, chaos. <laughs> and 
any area you look at, we, we can find human nature is being expressed through, expressed through chaos. But I think you also see it in that, the antithesis of that, which is we're longing for an optimistic end. Mm-hmm. And no one has the answer except for the church. Yeah. Yeah. So I always go into the Beatles, which I actually have it right here, the Beatles White Album, which is known as like one of the greatest albums ever, which if you know, the Beatles are recognized as one of the greatest bands. Uh, there's a number of big, big songs. The, my favorite on it and one of my favorite Beatles songs is called While My Guitar Gently Weeps. And Prince is known for covering it. One of like Prince's most iconic moments is he grabs a guitar and comes and does the guitar solo. It's an amazing, amazing guitar solo. And it's, it's a, it, it basically, there's a, it's a parallel of my guitar represents how I feel. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And, mm-hmm. uh, and then, and then the, the, the guitar sings and it's crying and he, and he plays it. it it's wonderful. On that same album, though, there is a song called Revolution 9. And I would play this for my students, and it would drive them insane. But the reason I do this is because the Beatles are one of the rare... I mean, there's rare talents that are out there that knows that they're, like, the greatest. Well, the Beatles, you know, they even said that people worship them more than even God. So for copyright reasons, obviously, I cannot play this music. I don't want there to be any issues, but basically this is a song from the Beatles White Album, which is fantastic, where in the song, it goes on for nine minutes where the Beatles repeatedly say number nine, number nine, number nine, and mimic John Cage's sheer noise that Schaefer would say. This goes on for nine minutes. Is this the start to the song? Yeah, this is on the actual album. So if you bought the, the album and you just like let it play, you'd run into this. Okay. I'm going to play the whole nine minutes. When they created their art, they knew that they were the, the Picassos or the Van Goghs of their music. Is they did what people wanted them to do, and then they would push forward and everyone ate it up. I mean, when they started their album, uh, Sgt. Pepper's uh, Lonely Hearts Club Band, they specifically titled, titled it that because if it flopped, they didn't necessarily want it to be just associated with the Beatles. It'd be like Drake going by a pseudo name. Mm. Beyonce, Sasha Fierce. Yeah, uh, just, yeah, yeah, this is me just being different. This alter is just, ego. Yeah, yeah, this is my alter ego. But then, like everyone ate it up, and so the Beatles continue with stuff like this. Is they're always like trying to push, but what you see is like no one gets the White Album to go listen to this. It's on there. No, you get it to listen to to listen to Obladi Oblada while my guitar gently weeps. The birthday song. The point is, is that no one just picks up that album, which is known as one of the greatest, and says. Let me get this. It's, yeah. it's there. People try to push it. But at the end of the day, I don't think that you know, no one really wants it. It's just interesting. Yeah. 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 Like you would only play this to, for your friend to go, isn't that crazy? Yeah. That's wild. Just to mess with them. <laughs> I think you see that in like hip hop culture, like R&B as well. You know, you see these artists kind of pop up with a couple of songs that are just different. You know, the sound's different. How they, how they ride the beat's different. The cadence, everything's different. Yeah. But then you see, you know, the artists who last, you know, mm. over year after year after year after year. And yeah, their sound may change and they may lean into whatever the culture is doing, but there's always an order to it. There is, there's a, there's a specific art to what they're doing Yeah. versus this kind of chaotic free flowing kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I think of like, I love J Cole, yeah. you know, J Cole is great. And he is very, he's a lyricist, you know, he, his rap means something. He, ta- he tells a story to what he does. There's order behind it. 
And he's been around for how long, you know? And just, he's just one example. Kendrick Lamar is another one, you know, Lupe for a while. They're to the root of what rap and hip hop is. Yeah. I think understanding culture and understanding where it's going. I say all the time, show me the art. I'll just tell you what the worldview is. Yeah. If you were to take the standard first Baptist church, there's the art. What's the worldview? That'd be an interesting question. Mm. Or take the four square Pentecostal church. There's, okay, what's, what's the worldview? It's not the same worldview as the first Baptist <laughs> church, you know? And- when you said that, I remembered, I was, I was having a conversation, real estate's a passion of mine that I've kind of grown into. And I'm big with like meeting with investors and learning from what they're doing because, you know, proximity principles, surround yourself with people who are where you want to be. Yep. And so asking questions about like, how do you get ahead of the market? Because right now things are crazy. And yep. in order to, to really make income or to do something big in the way of investment properties, sometimes you have to beat property to the market. And I was meeting with someone here in Louisville and she told me, follow the artist. I was like, what? Hmm. What sense does that make? In real estate. Yeah, yeah. So she was saying that she had property in all different places in Louisville and other, other cities as well. And she said that she looks at where the artists are going because artists create beauty. 100%. And so as artists, young, young aspiring artists are moving into neighborhoods and things like that, she studies that. And then she invests in those neighborhoods because all, oftentimes they bring up the value of those places. Yep. And I was so fascinated by that. Yeah. Thinking on what you said about prophetic nature of art and directing where the culture is going is like, even in something like real estate, that's a thing. Yeah. So, well, and I think it's not just because they're artists and they're like, cool. I think that we get lost in that when we think yeah, of yeah. like the yeah. art, the, the, like the visual artists, it's, it's, there's liveliness. There's in in creation. When people are creating, life is, is life. Life is yeah, birth yeah, for sure, that. for sure. I think of Genesis one. You know, with yep. the, yeah. the creation, yep. life comes from that. Mm-hmm. In Louisville, Bardstown, New Lou, you know, Butchertown, yeah. Germantown, you know, all those yep. these old areas that were like trash back in the day. I remember growing up. If you lived in some of these areas, you're like, ooh, you know, it's, it's, they're not good. Uh, one of my best friends grew up in um, an old shotgun house off on Germantown. And now that same piece of real estate skyrocketed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you're exactly right. That's because God created. I keep going. Bible on this. No, that's because, good. That's good. Because God created and he created us in his image. Mm-hmm. We image him when we create. And so I think where there is art of all different genres, there is a general health in humanity. Mm. Doesn't mean the art is good. Doesn't mean the art expresses the proper worldview. But the fact that the fact that they were painting to express a fragmented worldview was an was an inconsistent reality. Mm-hmm. If they're just geometric shapes, then why paint? They create because they mimic the creator because that's the kind of world we live in. Mm even though they weren't expressing the right worldview, they actually were mimicking the right worldview. And so I, that's exactly right. Art always is an expression of health, mm. even if the art's not correct. And we should labor to shape culture, shape art, but to just pull away from it, which I think has been the temptation of the church and many Christians. No to art, no to hip hop, mm-hmm. no to movies, no to Harry Potter. You know, it's like, <laughs> we don't win by quitting. Yeah. Well, I think because Kind of what you said, it's a fragmentation. Fragmentation, it's, it's a part of it. I think Van Gogh, 
where I like to draw the line of like, I think it's healthy to, to look at the clouds and think there's air in between me and the clouds. And he draws like the wind, you know, yeah. I think that's beautiful. I think yeah. it's great. Yeah. It's still fragmented because it's not there. It's not true reality. It's not what it is, but I think that that's okay. I think that that's, that's, I mean, who knows in the new heaven, the new earth, like that might be a thing. But my point is, is I, I know that especially with music, especially with hip hop, I see a lot of conservatives who are very anti hip hop culture because they look at it as a fr- fragmentation in such a, in a negative light. Yeah. And they look at it and say, music's just been destroyed. Whereas mm. I would say, if you can get through a lot of the crud that also comes with it. Yes. Um, lyrically, a rap song is thought through more than say a, a catchy pop song yeah. and even some of the, you know, classic rock songs. I mean, the Beatles are known for even have some of the most simplistic songs. Now the writing was really good as well, but mm-hmm. whereas a hip hop song, you know, Eminem, golly, what uh, his, his song rap God has however many words and how fast he goes. Like, that's talent. That's yeah. not like that. Yeah, that's that's talent. It doesn't have to yeah. be your thing. And I would compare that to like a Van Gogh. Is it still a fragmentation? Yeah. It's, it's a little distorted. I don't think distortion always has to be a a negative thing. I think there's mm-hmm. some creativity with it, but it goes into the intent. Am I doing it just to be different? Am I doing it just yeah. to push and be counterculture? Yeah. Or am I doing it because I can actually push the bar? I go even further um, than what anyone else has done before. Mm-hmm. Or even like to like going back to Pollock, you know, he was an extreme alcoholic and struggled with depression and which isn't every artist's story but it, it didn't you want to be a pollock back in the day i did like pollock i did i was a pollock fan <laughs> i think i remember hearing that story yeah. i mean like on the one hand i think he was i think schaefer's right he was expressing the world is just cast i think on another hand he was desperate mm. and he he just simply if he kept it in he would die and so he had to just simply get out his fear of is this this chaotic is the world this random do i really not have any meaning Mm. and that's out out of that he painted um and then out of that his life was sad (laughs) you know um oh but creating art was a relief to him because creating art is good yeah but what was in him and what was expressed through the art what the art was reflected of what what was in him which was sad Mm mm-hmm but I think we, but we admire the art because that was a healthy expression of it in, in, in a way. So I, I would agree, even though there can be a distortion in the art, we can still find beauty in it because creating mimics, mimics the father. And that's, that's good. And then we, then we go a step deeper, you know? Yeah. That's, wow. So I don't know much about Pollock in the way of, his art and things like that. But just from watching this video and listening to you talk about it, thinking through the chaos that his life was, right? And the order at a deeper level of that. So he created the perception of chaos, the perception of no order, but it was done in an orderly fashion. Oh, you're hit. Okay, so you're hitting on it. Go yeah, no, go ahead. That's all I want to say. You can only have abstract art yeah. if you have an extremely developed orderly society. Yeah. You can only have Beethoven. Who, who is not abstract, you don't have Beethoven mm-hmm. post-enlightenment. Mm-hmm. He could not have existed in the 1300s. Mm-hmm. You can only have Van Gogh raised up, his dad was a minister, raised up in a certain time in history, because mm-hmm. you can only have that kind of distortion and abstraction, which is the same in our own culture now. 
Yeah. When you have a culture that is so developed on every other front. Yeah. You have to have such order in order to pretend. Yeah. I think the chaos. Well, and, and I think that even goes into what we talked about earlier with the Beatles uh Revolution Nine is it's a good album all around. Like the like there's the you know, I got I got the whole thing and yep. I will listen to it. Yep. And we listen to that and we, you then listen we just to laugh. that song with a nine. No, we'll just laugh on that thing. <laughs> that, that, that. Uh, in the but, car. No, not <laughs> on a road car. trip. <laughs> Number nine, number it has nine. to be sandwiched in there between some of the best songs ever. If I'm ever. going to try to be absurd, yeah. it has to be spectacular. I don't know the spectrum. I don't know like where in, in the image of God who like we max out. Like I, I would like to think of Van Gogh and a lot of impressionist painters. I, I love how they view light and I, I think that they enhance it. I think that it's, it's even like it can be like worshipful, like back to the creator and thinking through like, you know, these things are true. Like whenever I look at like the sun's beaming down and I just see white light, like there's actually every light there. And the impressionist artists will try to capture that same thing with the modern musician and music. Like there's still good things that are there. People are trying to have, you know, good meaning and good intent, but we live in the TikTok generation, which I think what Francis Schaeffer says is he talks about the absurdity. Think about it. Now you get famous, not for being talented. You get famous for being absurd. How quickly can you be absurd? And you got one second as you're yep. scrolling to, to catch yep. someone's attention, to, to essentially be absurd. You can't just say, hey, this is real good talent. This is someone good singing. D can sing a good song. No, he can't. <laughs> no, he can't. <laughs> but even if you could, nobody, nobody cares. Yeah, yeah, you're but right. But if you say D catches his hair on fire, everybody's like, whoa. If it was purple. Let me check that out. <laughs> okay, so we just, so this is, so my wife just made cupcakes last night. Okay. And uh, my little boy was helping. He had a mixer. He was mixing. And this is a, a question I thought of. I don't have any idea what the answer could be. But you start mixing the frosting and it starts thickening up. And the confinement of the bowl, which is healthy, stays. But if you do enough mixing and enough chaos, the bowl starts to spin. Mm. It comes mm. out of control. Yeah. How much chaos can our culture take? TikTok can only live in a generation when... Steve Jobs and everyone else has just totally killed it with such success and order. But yeah. now it's coming back the other way. Oh, yeah. Right. So, how much chaos can occur before the healthy parameters of our even just our modern culture begin to degrade so much? It, it starts to, to be destroyed. It doesn't last. It's exactly right. It doesn't last. I think. Um I think old boy that Schaefer brought up, I think Revolution 9, if they were popular, they lasted. I think those guys continue, but they don't. They don't continue it. Why? Because no one wants to hear it. It, it, it has to stop. So they go back to doing things that they know that, that works, that has order, that is, is known as universally as being beautiful. Um, so I think that there's a point to that is that we're only going to take the absurdity for so long. We, mm -hmm. we can't last. We can't just yeah. camp out in absurdity forever. Eventually it's, it's going, it gets too much. I think, yeah. that, I think yeah. that's a really great point. Never thought of the universe in that way. As a bowl of frosting. As a bowl of frosting. <laughs> Your son's mixing yesterday. You're like, huh? What a crazy world. <laughs>